Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Yo, what is going on? It's a quiet week here in Saginaw, Michigan, my hometown out on the edge of the prairie. Wait, no. No uh, nuclear ordinance went off or anything uncouth like that? No, we didn't even have our uh, our like air raid siren tests. Or maybe I just slept through it. I don't know. A little slow. Speaking of air raid siren tests, um, you I know you don't have TV, so you probably can't speak to this, but what is up with these emergency broadcast things that they do like every day, five times a day? I mean, the Cold War is over. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure with all the media that people watch, uh, everybody knew about Hurricane Sandy, for example. You know, the emergency broadcast system was not required. Yeah. So well, I don't when understand. When I used to work... At a radio station, at a college radio station, I had to learn how to uh, conduct an EBS test. And they had a, a rack-mounted device that was actually just like a relay thing that would take a signal from an upstream radio station and basically allow it to take over our radio station. It used to be just that 1K tone. Ooh, now it's like... Yeah. It's this really annoying Yeah, it's like a modem sound. It's just transmitting some noise. data. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a relic of a of a different time. But uh, every once in a while, you do uh, hear them used for something other than a test. You know, it's right? Pretty, occasionally, it's pretty rare. but yeah. What don't we we get bombarded with media? So I'm not even sure they're necessary anymore. And they always seem to come up during the important scenes on a show that I care about. You know, <laughs> the few shows that I watch. So that's really where my bitch is coming from. Oh, I've only we did them. Uh, when did we do them? Like. Uh, it's only once a day, but it, it was often during during one of my shows, and it was just this. Re- you pl- played a cart, you you uh, that introduced it. You flipped a couple buttons, and then you flipped a couple switches to reset the box, and then you just continued with your show. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a little, it is a bit of a relic, but I, it still might have some use if if something nasty comes down. I don't know. So we have to say goodbye to Larry Hagman today. Uh, I actually never watched even one episode of Dallas, so I don't know him as Jr. That was but, on uh, like right at, right after my bedtime, I think. Dallas was, yeah. yeah. For me, he will always be the clumsy but lovable Major Tony Nelson from the uh-huh. I Dream of Genie <laughs> series, which was sort of a geeky show because you know they would show Mercury capsules from time to time and. Uh, you know, they had the little intro where the capsule lands on the beach. Do 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 do. do yeah, I you know. guess anyway. it. Was, I guess it was kind of like uh, like um, Sputnik space age sort of relic. Well, it was it was you know made during the space race, and of course he lived in Cocoa Beach, so it was very NASA centered. Yeah, I, I hadn't hadn't I I haven't thought about that in a long time. I guess uh, what else did he did he do? I I know him from that, and I I never really watched Dallas, but I know him from he was a, a character that everyone loved to hate. I think that'd be fair to say. Yeah, I would think. I again, I didn't see it, but uh, you know, it was a soap opera. It was a nighttime soap, but a soap nonetheless. So I didn't watch it. Um. Yeah, so I don't even know what else he did. What wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. 
I, I can't actually th- place him in another like TV series role or anything like that. I don't know if he did anything else. He but, must have uh, done. Maybe he went on to do like the typical guest star circuit on Love Boat and stuff Love like Boat. that. I'm sure he did. I'm sure if you Google him, you will find him on the Love Boat. So yeah. I've got another question for you. Sure. Um, and uh, I, I have had this discussion with friends of mine, female friends of mine in particular. And um, you know, so what is up with this actor-actress thing? Um, so many of the people I know are offended by the word actress, referring to a woman who acts as an actress as opposed to actor. And um, it came up, uh, you know, a year or two ago uh, when I was working with that woman on her trailer, the one that we're still not done with, but I guess it'll have to wait till spring now. Uh-huh. So um, uh, it came up on Twitter the other day where somebody referenced going to see the, the the revival of Annie on Broadway and they got a picture taken with the young girl who played Annie and they referred to her as an actor. And then somebody replied to that tweet saying, I'm glad you referred to her as an actor and not an actress. What really? is going on with that? What, what is is actress a pejorative? I mean, we have gender in this yeah, world. There yeah. are words uh, that describe gender. I, I again, maybe I'm a clueless white guy like I was with shucking and jiving. The, but to me, the word actress has absolutely no negative connotations. What the fuck is going on with that? I, uh, you know, some people who are uh, into sort of uh, what I'd call an exaggerated form of of anti sexist political correctness might decide that uh, everything should be a gender neutral pronoun the problem is the gender neutral pronoun is not the male pronoun i mean right. uh, the male pronoun became sort of the generic i don't know it's either that or it's just you could actually see it being sort of one of each way like if someone's a, a traditional conservative who doesn't believe in any of this uh, political correctness, any of the culture war sort of adjustment of language, then maybe they'll say, well, just call that female by the male title because that's how it's, that's because the male title refers to a generic person. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we have man, we have woman. To me, man is to actor as as woman is to actress, and it's as simple as that. It's, yeah, it's we have yeah. gender. Get over it. Move on. I yeah, don't, in, I don't in understand. English it. is a gendered language. It comes from you know languages that were that had gendered words. Uh, they're a little bit of a relic, and you know people have proposed like. Um, Instead of uh, saying he or she, you would say thon, which is sort of short for that one. Uh, It's a gender neutral pronoun. These things have never caught on. You know, here's here's my it is awkward. I I agree to say like he or she constantly when you're referring to a, a generic person. Sometimes I just write she when I'm referring to a generic person. But the thing that drives me crazy, my personal pet peeve is is people who use they for that. Well, I, I will do it if uh, I know there's somebody who, because it's a plural, really, but. Yeah, they is a plural, and whenever I read it, I hear plural, not like generic. So it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. I know that's in common usage, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of a pres- prescriptivist as far as like uh, grammar and language goes. Like, in other words, I believe that, that you know, people should. Uh, sort of conform to tradition rather than just, uh, you know, you shouldn't entirely rewrite the grammar because of whatever's popular now in usage. It just makes no sense to me. I mean, at least our language isn't like Spanish, where if you're addressing a million women, you address them in the female. But if there's one man among those a million women, you have to go 
to the to the male gender uh, usage of the of the of the words. Interesting. So I, I don't know. It just seems to me like get over it. We have gender. There are words to express gender. And why are they picking out a few? You know, for why actor is, and actress, a waiter, yeah. waiter and waitress. I, I don't. I, I just use the, the the gendered pronouns. I thought you were going somewhere else with this. I thought you were going to say actor slash actress. I'm I'm thinking what like Brangelina. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I it just came up, and it was something that uh, I had had discussions with other friends about over the years. So I was just, uh, it just, it, it actually does bother me because I don't see any issue with it, and yeah. it's like I don't know. The lack of a neuter pronoun is is bothersome. It's annoying, but I still, I still write around it, and I, sometimes I slip, but I try not to use they for uh, for a singular person, a generic yeah. singular person. Yeah, I don't like to, but if I know somebody's going to be offended, like you know, I, right. I will, I will go there. But anyway, if anybody else has a, a different perspective and, and like a hardcore reason or an example of where it's become a pejorative or a sexist thing to refer to a woman who acts as an actress, please let us know. That's bizarre. Yeah, I, I wound up awkwardly using he or she an awful lot, and it's kind of dumb, but there it is. So, what else is going on in the news? What else is going on in the news? Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire Volume 2. Oh, yeah. When was the original? 1911? March 25th, 1911. Something like 125 people died in the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire because management, of course, this was pre-union, and management had locked all of the workers in, so some died jumping from windows or were injured, and some died in the fire. It was a horrible, horrible accident, and the only good thing to come out of it, of course, was that that was one of the sort of seminal events in the history of of unions and workplace safety. I don't know if you can call it an accident, though. Purposely leaving doors locked makes it more than an accident. That makes it manslaughter minimum. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly true in a sense, but this, I mean, it was inevitable that uh, something was going to go wrong in that situation, definitely. So, well, my question is, it's 101 years later. How are we having this uh, incident again? And, and I recognize that this Bangladeshi fire happened in the East, not in the West. And, you know, examples of things like this happening in the West um, where we have some labor laws and the labor is treated a little bit better than cattle, which like it's treated in the East. Uh, I just I just don't get it. I mean, are we going to hear about the world's grandest luxury liner crashing into an iceberg any day now? I mean, how does this happen 100 years later? Well, it is bizarre. I, w- I would take exception and say that actually if your business is raising cattle, you're going to protect them more than that because they're valuable. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, and that's sad. <laughs> it's sad, and, and really, I mean, it is – we have not actually given up slave labor. We've just outsourced our slave labor. And this is uh, this is related, of course, to um, to Walmart because they were indirectly a company that was making goods to be sold uh, through Walmart stores, their house brand. Um, but uh, they've claimed that they have nothing to do with it; that it was through a through a third party broker, and and that's all true. I mean, in a sense, but you got to ask yourself why. They outsource their labor to you know through several layers of sort of uh, intermediaries, and and this is the reason right. that they that they have deniability for any kind of moral culpability for what's going on. You know, they claim they're 
factories are inspected and whatnot, and that's all true. But things are at such a remove. Well, it's true to a degree. They, you know, they they do some. They have some kind of procedure where someone on the scene locally goes in and you know and uh, calls up the factory and says, "I'm coming over to do the official inspection." And yeah, yeah it gives them a warning. I don't know. It just 101 years later. It's just amazing to me. You know, that this can happen again. And with such, the number of fatalities was so big. And, uh, yeah, was it, I mean, it's not just Walmart least? either. Yeah, it was over 100, something like that. And, yeah. again, it's not just Walmart. There were a couple other labels there from other stores. Sure. I don't remember sure. which ones. But, you know, uh, uh, come on. I mean, who was that? Uh, I saw Richie Havens live in concert at the Munson Williams Proctor Arts Institute about eight years ago. And he sang his anti-war song. And uh-huh. he he ended the song and said, I still can't believe I have to sing this fucking song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's you know? so- And it was an amazing show, by the way, seeing Richie Havens, an actual Woodstock performer live in Utica, New York. But uh, cool. very cool. No, I, I've been uh, involved through uh, churches, in fact, in going attending programs and whatnot about um, the abuses in the garment industry, which are, are still going on. And uh, this is actually, it's kind of related to the Black Friday thing and all that, and definitely related to Walmart and to the retail situation here. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really troubling, and it's it doesn't seem to be uh, improving uh, a whole hell of a lot. I would say appalling, troubling. Yeah, <laughs> troubling is uh, what I don't have for dinner tonight. But <laughs> right. right. So how's the cracking? Speaking of uh, your voice, which we weren't, but you sound a little better. Oh, it's somewhat better. I still uh, this is just kind of lingering. Like it, it's just. It's. I'm still scratchy and coffee every morning, and um, yeah, it's it's no fun. I wish it would would wind up probably after maybe after it freezes really hard for a few days, and then we get our uh, humidifiers going and whatnot. That like the air quality in the house will have settled down some, but uh, it's it's annoying. I can't really sing, and I'd like to work on some music stuff, but haven't been able to. Oh uh, well, all right. So you want to jump into tune number one? Let's play tune number one. Let's check it out. A lady watches over me. Her eyes are closed, but she can see. She knows I will never be Thank you. 
Yeah, really sweet tune there by Valerie Miller called Left Behind. She's great. I, I love her voice. She has a beautiful voice. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. This uh, is off of a CD a little bit older uh, than the stuff we've played. I don't, I, actually, this might be the first track we've ever played off this CD. It's uh, one of her CDs called Folk Star, and it's from 2006. So we have her very newest one, which came out in 2012, and then the Autumn Eyes, which came out a few years uh, kind of in the middle. But There's yeah, a sort so. of a, a nice subtle string part too that's not real busy, but just sort of goes in there and lifts up the song partway into it. Yeah, Thought that was yeah. really really nicely done. Nice tune, very nice. So, you know, I know John and I have delved into this topic in the past, and particularly uh, in this season. But Paul and I are going to talk about Christmas, Black Friday, and what the hell's wrong with the what world? What the hell's wrong? I am. I'm proud to say that I stayed home on Black Friday all day. Oh, I've never gone out on Black Friday. I've had to work on a few Black Fridays in my life when I worked right. retail, but I've right. never shopped on purpose on Black Friday. Although I did need groceries once and didn't realize it was Black Friday and oh, got stuck that's in the, the parking lot that's of a grocery worst. store for an hour. That's that's almost that's like. Uh, when you need to go out and get a last-minute thing for Thanksgiving dinner, that's it's pretty awful. Yeah. Or I mean, worse. I'll start by offering this. When I was a kid, my dad always said, you can't start playing Christmas music till the day after Thanksgiving because that's when the Christmas season starts. And, of course, you know, the stores, and I would extend that to yeah. uh, Christmas decorations and everything else. But, of course, the stores uh, start bombing you with Christmas items in October. Yeah, even and sometimes even pl- before Halloween now. Yeah, and they start hitting you with Christmas music in uh, early November, and uh, I don't know. I mean, okay, so we see these videos on YouTube of these 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 people that are just you know furiously running into the WalMarts at six a.m. to get sales. It was sort of like that whole um, uh, Who concert in Cincinnati in seventy-eight or seventy-nine, where they had what they called the festival seating or whatever, where there were no um, assigned seats. It was just it was just bleacher type seating where you pay the money and you try to get a good seat. Try to get a good seat, and they they like they either. Were let in early accidentally or broke down a door or something. Well, and they ended up trampling a couple of people. Yeah. I think died. And I see these these uh, cell phone videos of people taking them at Walmart. You know, rah, running to the tables to save a whatever on a whatever. And I'm like, you know, I get a kick out of the fact that the media hypes Black Friday because they have to. They're being paid right. to. They're right. they're 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 ads and whatnot. But as soon as Black Friday happens, you know, they show videos of the appalling behavior of people. You know, and uh, it's just uh, God, you know. It, it mean, is. What do you think is going consumerism. on? I mean, I, 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 what do you think is really going on? What's driving this? Because I know Black Friday has been a thing for a long time, but it seems like it's getting worse. And it's actually, from what I read on it, it seems like the promotion of Black Friday and the extension of Black Friday earlier and later, like it actually they're doing actually Thanksgiving Day sales now, which means a lot of retail 
employees have to work Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, what do I think it is? I think it's mind control. You know, they they need to sell crap in order to keep their stock prices high. These different companies, and uh, so they have to hype the crap out of it and turn you into a mindless zombie. I mean, who gets up at five a.m. or four thirty a.m. to go to a Walmart at six freaking a.m.? I mean, who does that? I well, I, well I'll tell you who who I what I think is is going on. Or I, I think that. Um, it is basically we're watching the end of a normal uh, of average middle class uh, people's ability to to afford things like gifts, Christmas gifts. Yeah, I think at, that's definitely a part of it. You're and right, that, and that consumer sort of the sort of consumer lifestyle they grew up with, which was you know the 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 happy gift opening on Christmas morning and whatnot. They are trying desperately to preserve that. Yeah, because cause if they don't go to the sale, they might not be able to afford to get their kids something. Well, it's at all. the big part of their identity. But meanwhile, they are so broke because of declining wages and so overburdened in debt and whatnot that literally the only, like you say, the only thing they can afford is to kind of try and get some of these like desperation deals going down, which are often uh, like the older products or the discontinued products or the the lower quality products that are then you know sold as loss leaders or or razor thin margins but it's actually it's it's just dragging everything down i'm not necessarily convinced that it's just people who want to get stuff for their kids because I see people uh, – I saw a couple of people interviewed outside of a Best Buy or something, and they were like, well, we didn't get – they only had 17 of those TVs that they gave away really cheap. I didn't get one of those. But, I mean, really, that was probably for themselves. Is somebody buying somebody else – the average middle-class oh, person yeah. buying right. their kids or their neighbors or their friends a flat panel TV? That was probably for themselves. But, of yeah. course, it's been, it's been ingrained in them that they need to have this by our, our consumer culture and the ads. It has you know. been ingrained. I, I remember out of college when I finally uh, I did a year internship, and then I had my first like you know good paying job or like real paying job, which you know honestly didn't pay that much, but it was more than I had ever earned before, and I you know could afford an apartment and consumer goods and whatnot. And that year, I kind of went berserk with Christmas presents for people because I never really had been able to before. I bought a lot of people like books and and th- little knickknacks and things just because you bought I've... you bought your friends and relatives Hervé Villa Chase exactly no because <laughs> wow. I felt because I was feeling flush and I guess I felt I was excited well I can, to I be... can appreciate that the first time you've been able to yeah. kind of want to uh, express the thanks over the years of your parents or whatever being good to you or yeah. family being good to you but it wasn't you know it wasn't entirely like. Um, my, for their benefit, I mean, I also was like, "Ooh, look at this! I can now, I can, I can go shopping." And shopping was kind of fun. But over the years, obviously, that's you know, now if I have to go out shopping, I mostly regard it more as a chore yeah, than exactly. anything else. If I have to go shopping for something, and of course, back then I was buying, you know, like USA-made pots and pans and, and kitchen implements and, and things like that for people. That I that were actually seemed like they were pretty good quality. I remember I got uh, a pot, uh, a cooking pot that was made in the U.S. and I'm still using it. But but this like the the downward pressure on wages, uh, the the downward pressure uh, from basically the fact that what's left of our uh, our um, 
American productivity is in the form of uh, the finance industry and debt right. and selling people debt while and, and the service industry, but yeah, while hope, while trying to uh, while everyone's trying to sort of maintain the illusion that they still have the uh, the classic uh, American dream lifestyle yeah, is really pushing people into this desperation and so anyway uh well things have changed i mean we now have a sort of a policy here you know we've got five kids everyone gets socks and underwear for christmas i and may I'll tell you i love that because yeah. i you go through that kind of stuff you know we also um sort of for reasons of downplaying the secular like uh consumer aspect of christmas the tree doesn't go up anymore until uh christmas and it's not a, actually we, we we're not going to have a real tree this year, even a fake tree. We've got a tree we hang on the wall, and that's actually mostly a safety issue because our like a, our eighteen month old can wipe out an entire <laughs> Christmas tree. Well, I had a cat easily. who could do that too when I was a kid. Yeah, but but so it doesn't even go up until after Christmas, and then the days of Christmas, you know, it isn't the countdown to the holiday that starts at Halloween or whatever. It's the um, it's the days after christmas yeah i don't even do that much gift wise a because i don't have a ton of money but you know yeah i try to get my nieces and nephews something small and my parents and that's about it you know yeah. and i don't want much nor do i expect much on christmas you know i mean the kids me, might get some art supplies i might get them some usa made color pencils and sketch pads and things like that but mostly everyone gets socks and underwear and, and actually by this time i'm in the year i'm pretty grateful for some new socks and underwear honestly <laughs> You know, for me, I just kind of think of it as the solstice because, of course, it's no coincidence that all these holidays fall around a solstice. It's all about the right, solstice. Right. It was once upon a time and Saturnalia and stuff like that. So it's a thing, um, it's a thing to celebrate because the days are going to be getting longer again. Well, as I've said on previous podcasts, yeah, once that 21st or 22nd of December rolls around, it's like right. you start, you're over the hill, if you will, and you're going downhill now. Uh, days are getting days are getting longer, and it's something to look forward to. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely the other feeling thing, it already, um, yeah. Christmas, though, because of the the crassness of the the consumerism, I have decided Christmas is and the whole season is essentially a joke, and I really don't take it that seriously. Which is why I will be putting up like a Festivus poll, and I have these <laughs> grand plans of making this really cool steampunk one, which I'll I'll tell you about offline, so nobody oh, steals nice. my idea. But for this year, it's just going to be a little aluminum conduit. But you know, I think Christmas should be mocked at least the part of it that turns people into rage aging hemorrhoids or right, as this right. Canadian woman that I met the other day said douche canoes <laughs> douche that's canoes. like a Canadian we say douche bag apparently in Canada they say douche canoes <laughs> you know it turns people into douche canoes and makes them want to push people over and injure them to save ten dollars on a crappy mp3 player or wa- wave a handgun in their faces or, or oh something. I heard about that too yeah the last yeah. thing I'll say and that uh we'll say on this topic is a picture I saw maybe last Christmas or I don't remember when, but it had a picture of a girl who had tweeted that, you know, her 32 gigabyte iPhone or iPad, she wanted it in black and she got it in white and she cried for days. And then they juxtaposed (laughs) it with a picture of some person in a third world country who uses flattened out two liter plastic soda bottles, (laughs) straps them onto their feet as shoes. Wow. Yeah. First world problem. My iPod came in white. My life is ruined. Oh my fucking god! Get a grip. You know, it's it's uh, things are a little different with uh, 
basically with my salary having remained flat for a long time, but and, and also the cost of heating this house. And so what I'll say is that, you know, people should enjoy Christmas, but why don't you have, you know, why don't you get your friends and family, if you can stand them, together and, and have a meal or a little party or something and, and yeah. skip the gifts, you know, actually light a fire. I mean, light a fire in, in a fireplace or Break if you bread. can. Break bread together, you know, bread. have a glass of wine and, um, you know, toast the season. And if you have a religious belief, you know, toast your religious beliefs, but uh, skip the well, giant toast screen those TV. who can't be with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, that too. Because this, this Christmas is going to be kind of a bummer because my friend Donna, who died oh, in October, yeah. you know, I used to spend time with her on Christmas uh, night after I left my parents' house and we'd roast chestnuts and drink wine. And That's cool. So it's going to be kind of a bummer. But uh, you well, want to jump into uh, some tune... memories, yeah, yeah. I do have I do have some memories. So you want to jump into two number dose? Let's jump into two number dose. All right, check it out. Yeah, that was my good friend Hans Storsberg with a, a track from his CD. Who's I love that Last style. Blah. I love that style of uh, percussive uh, acoustic playing. It's really cool. All those little harmonics you get off the strings and whatnot. So. Yeah, so that song was actually called Who's Last Blah from the album Who's Last Blah. I know that title is kind of odd. And he has sort <laughs> of a, a Picasso esque painting on the front, too, that he paints. 
and uh, on the cover. So it's actually an interesting piece of artwork. But Hans and I will be working together again in the studio. He's trying to arrange, uh, ra- uh, raise some money to work in our analog room one of these days. Cool. He was in that band Victor Gray. I think we played him a few weeks ago. And because nice, that yeah. band is gone, whenever we play Victor Gray, I link to uh, HansStorsberg.com, which is his website for his music and his artwork. So, Excellent. Final topic. What do you got for the post-song to epilogue? Oh, this is uh, not quite relevant to Christmas, but I, I've, last week it I is, talked though, about— It is, though, because winter is coming. Winter is coming, but I, I talked about how I've been reading uh, the, the Dresden Files novels. I'm done with those, but I almost I have one more to read. But in the— um, in the meantime, over the last uh, few months, I've been slowly working my way through the George R.R. R. Martin um, A Song of Ice and Fire books. And I read yeah, Game no of spoilers, Thrones. Yeah, no spoilers, by the way. No, no spoilers. Okay, I read Game of Thrones, and I loved it. I thought it was a really nice novel, long, but but really entertaining. I read the second one. When I, when I say read, I mean I listened to the audio book because I usually uh, listen to these while I'm working in the kitchen. And that was good too it's like it was maybe a little slower than book one but lots of stuff going on and interesting and whatnot and now i'm halfway through book three and i am trying to decide whether i'm gonna drag my ass through the rest of it oh it's so it's it's not as entertaining as the previous two in particular it is so um it is so plot heavy so much plot going on and I have read some spoilers and kind of spoiled it for myself. And I know, you know, bad things are happening. But I'm, I'm, it's so plot heavy that I just don't know that I can drag on, like, are all these scenes really worth it? That's the thing. Game of Thrones, and you saw it adapted into the show, too. It has just a lot of really brilliant, really clever, really interesting scenes. But I will say that I, I kind of can relate to what you're saying, even though I haven't read the book, as it relates to the TV show. Because in season two of the TV show, there's so many interesting characters that they they have 18 million subplots going. Because, yeah, you know, Rob yeah. is in the north now, captured right. by the she-wolves or whatever, and all this other stuff is going on. It's almost like they can't dedicate enough time to each individual story, and they all deserve it because they're interesting characters. Yeah, they're going to have to. I think they're splitting. But they can't dedicate enough time. Book two up into season two and season three. I haven't seen any oh, of that the could be. I don't know. video season two yet. But but it is. They're going to have to radically alter and simplify the storyline to to do a video version. And I think I heard uh, George R. 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 Martin talk about how. Yeah, once that you do that though, the way it fits together, there's so much plot. But if you make any changes, it has a ripple effect, like everything downstream has to be revised, too, to still fit together in some coherent way. So sort I don't of like know. when you tell a lie. If you yeah, don't remember exactly. telling the lie, you know, you'll tell other lies that will reveal that you lied. Exactly. Know. But honestly, if you were to not try Not that George and do, R. R. Martin is lying. No, no, he's not, he's not lying, but altering the story. But to do it as a, like, to do the full story, all these storylines, it would be much bigger than the, the se- length of the seasons they've got. And, and well, it, it would be, be it just can't be done. You it know? can't I mean, be done I on video. It, at least it can't be done in the form of a show where, you know, it has to be a, like a one-hour episode that, that builds to an exciting climax and cliffhanger. It can't be done in that format. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly not possible. Well, I'm still looking so, forward to, a, you know, the season yeah. three, which may or may not be out of the second book. I don't know. But. So I'm, I might slog on. The thing is, this this one book, book three, 
it's twice as long as Moby Dick. You know, wow. and not that I'm af- afraid of long novels. You know, I read Moby Dick a couple times, and I read Dickens and for fun and stuff like that. But it's just so much plot, and so much of the plot is because of this person is here, and this person is here, and this person thinks this and knows this, and then but they're mistaken about this, and blah 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 blah. <sighs> anyway, that's yeah. it. We'll see. Maybe I can report next week on whether I continued on or not, and whether I thought it was worthwhile. Cool. <laughs> So I guess that's a show, man. I guess that's a show. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us feedback, feedback at bloodyveg.com. Leave us some voicemail, 206-376-0397, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.